0: And welcome to another edition of uh, Six Man Dynasty podcast, uh, joined here with uh, Pratik and Palmer.
1: What up? How's it going?
0: I uh, wanted to catch up on some big events that have been happening. Obviously, I think everybody's seen today. If you've been connected to a uh, device, laptop, seen anything on the news, uh, fucking Kevin Durant is on the Warriors now.
2: I still can't believe it. I, it doesn't make sense the league landscape has fundamentally
1: shifted. I'm pretty happy because there's never been a good nickname for Durant We've kind of bouncing back and forth. Now we can just call him the betrayer so <laughs> uh, we can finally settle on something there.
0: I, I was talking about this with uh, Palmer and Petite before this but I uh I, I still think everybody's being a little rough on him. I mean, uh, all the reports, if you turn on ESPN, if you get online, read any comments, everybody is very upset about this.
2: Well, people always are. You know, it's the initial reaction, and a lot of people like to throw back to the days of, well, MJ wouldn't have done that, you know, can, but MJ also played with another Hall of Famer and Scottie Pippen. So, Durant just doing what he has to do
1: to get some rings.
0: Yeah, and you suggested, I mean, one of the best power forwards of the generation, Dennis Rodman, joined. joined
1: yeah, him. right. Uh, Absolutely, and even going back as far as Kareem, Kareem left the Bucks to join the Lakers. That was before Magic got there, but um, basically went to the best franchise in the Lakers. So this is not an unprecedented move. Uh, it's only unprecedented in that it's the biggest free agent to do so since LeBron. Yeah, So plus to the best regular season of all time.
2: Well, that's a good point that I heard is that when LeBron went to the Heat, they hadn't done much for a couple of years. I think they were coming off like a low C playoff appearance. Durant just went and joined the greatest regular season team of all time. That he almost beat. That he almost yeah. beat. Yeah, they were one game away from... from. I, it's crazy, like, Thunder fans can look back on that for the next decade. I'm looking forward to that 30 for 30 in 15 years. It'll be interesting. Interesting.
1: Yeah, we'll have to see, you know, they might have to add a couple extra fingers onto Steph Curry's hand to get all those (laughs) rings to fit on there when he's all said and done, but we'll see.
0: Suffice to say, I think uh, this is what everybody was waiting for this offseason, aside from potentially LeBron doing something crazy, which doesn't look like it's going to happen, and maybe Wade, but everybody was waiting for this. So, at least in terms of fantasy value, how do you think this guy affects, I mean, uh, Steph, Clay. Some shots have to go. So. Yeah, I mean,
2: we're talking about four top twenty players this from the past two years in fantasy. Uh, Draymond, Steph, Clay. Graham.
0: So I think we can all agree, Draymond's value shouldn't change much. Uh,
2: I don't know if it changes much, right? Because he's not a shot taker, and he does so much. And I know you mentioned that Palmer; he's his skill set is so versatile. He produces across the board, which is what makes him the fantasy asset that he is. Um, I think the big loser here for me personally is Clay. I know we discussed it a little before, but. Uh, he's a very one-dimensional player um, his fantasy value is largely predicated on his threes and his shooting uh, He's not great defensive stats So I think he's the real victim here because if, if he loses value marginally it could cost him 10 spots in the fantasy rankings over the next two
1: years Yeah, I think there's no way that clay and Steph remain at the the level that they were producing at last year in in terms of fantasy uh, I find it really hard to believe that Steph Curry could repeat as the number one player in fantasy. Um, with KD joining his team, I think obviously Russell Westbrook is kind of the, the first person who jumps out at you as he's going to be the number one. But even taking Westbrook out of the picture, it's hard to imagine Curry being number one with all the remaining players considering Durant and Thompson and Green all fighting first drafts behind him. But I think Curry and Thompson definitely hurt the most, Green more neutral. Um, the one thing with the, all the moves the Warriors have made, they've kind of hurt their, they've hurt their depth a lot. The bench is hurting. So while the production per minute may be down for some of these guys, they may have to lean on them a little bit more because there's not as many players behind them on the bench coming off. So a couple of these guys may get upticks in minutes. Like Steph didn't play a lot of fourth quarters last year or so. It's possible his minutes go up. I think he was around 30 or 31 minutes a game. So maybe he's up to 35, 36. And that kind of mitigates um, some of the per minute. Well, to
0: counteract that a little bit. I mean, uh, definitely in OKC, they learned how to stagger uh, Westbrook and KD's minutes. I think after after eight years. Yeah, (laughs) very very difficult decision. But uh, I mean, with four guys like that. I think it's pretty easy to stagger, right? You still, no matter what, if you're running three of those guys, you probably have the best five on the court in the NBA.
2: Well, and I'll say this. So last year, Steph Curry had a 32.6 usage rating. Durant was at 30.6. So we've already seen Durant thrive as a fantasy player alongside another high-usage player. I'll tell you this. You know what just surprised me is Draymond's usage percentage is 19.6%. We think of Draymond as such a focal point of that team, but in terms of actual possessions that he uses for himself, it's very minimal. And so they're maybe they're not they're still both top ten players, right? It's Curry and Durant. Yeah, yeah, they're I'm just closer
0: say. to ten than they are one. I would say
2: that's probably fair, but I still think Curry's probably a top five or six, and Durant's going to be right around there too. Right? Yeah. I, I don't think the entire you know fantasy landscape changes to a huge extent. I
1: I think both Curry and Durant are still in that top tier of players, which probably ends around Paul George. I think he's, like, number eight. I don't have the rankings in front of me, but generally that top tier kind of ends at Paul George, and I think they're both still above that. Agreed, agreed. Okay.
0: Um, So we already touched it. I mean, obviously the biggest winner of this free agent signing is Westbrook. I mean, Palmer mentioned it. He's going to be crazy this season.
2: What's the all-time record for triple-doubles? Whatever it is. He's, Oscar Robertson. breaking it. Yeah. yeah, single C. Yeah, probably Oscar Robertson. Uh, but, like, he's coming for that record. He's he's going to be a fancy monster. He might... It's funny, though. His efficiency could drop pretty severely, in my opinion. Uh, he was already a bit of a negative on that end. And we could... That would be the one negative. But he provides so much other value. It's worth, you know... Uh, quote-unquote punting uh, field goal percentage if you take Russell Westbrook. Though that's easier to recover from than free throws. So he's a no-brainer for me as a number one pick in a redraft league. And Dynasty, too, these next... At least this next season, uh, you know,
1: he's gone up in my eyes. I don't see why not. Um, Yeah, redraft, I don't think it's a question. He's got to be number one. If you're talking a dynasty, that's when it starts to get a little dicey. I know in our rankings, we have Steph... We had him as number 1. We're going to have to go back and reevaluate that now with Durant being on that team. Although again, we don't know for sure that's going to be a long-term thing at this point, but uh, you know, how far does this move Westbrook up in in the dynasty rankings? Do you do you just punt on all those guys who are 27, 28 years old and just say forget it, Cat's number 1. He's the young gun. I know uh, we're going a little off course here, but Yeah,
0: I think I think in terms of of my decision, if I had the first overall pick, I think it's between those two people. You're Cat deciding between Cat
2: if you want to build a long team or just Westbrook and win in the next couple of years. Yeah. We also don't know what happens with Westbrook two years from now. I mean, he's a free agent this coming after this coming season. Mm-hmm. There's a chance he goes somewhere in a similar situation as uh, if he ends up on the Spurs, let's say, as Tony Parker's long-term replacement, you know, complete conjecture, but there that's a lot of shots to go around there, too, you know, mm-hmm. and... Uh, so he's a bit of an unknown. It's just we're just going to enjoy what's going to happen this season. I know I am as a Russell Westbrook no,
0: absolutely. But uh, let's move on to his new teammate uh, that they obtained on uh, draft day. Uh, they sent Serge Ibaka away, uh, opening up some minutes in the front court, but they got Old Depot back. Uh, do you guys think? I mean, obviously, the fact Durant's not here, he gained a little bit of his value back, but has anything changed from his magic
1: value? Oladipo, um, I, I don't think so. I think it may go down a little. He didn't have to play with such a ball-dominant person. Obviously, Alfred Payton was more of a facilitator than he was a scorer uh, for the Magic. But um, I don't think it's going to go down a lot. There's certainly a lot of shots to be had in that offense. Outside of Westbrook, the offense... You basically got Westbrook and Canner that you're competing with for shots. There's not much else there. So there's a lot of opportunity. I expect him to... Um, really be among the lead, league leaders in, in minutes there. I think he's going to be thrust into a pretty prominent role, and his, his defensive numbers aren't going to go anywhere, and um, I could argue that they're going to go up. I, I'm just picturing trying to bring the ball up right now against Russell Westbrook and Victor Oladipo, who are two of probably the, maybe not the most effective defenders, but a Very couple intense. of the, most, the <laughs> most intense defenders, and yeah, it's kind of giving me a heart attack. So um, I think the steals, the steals will be up, and offensive numbers I expect to remain about the same.
2: I've never been a huge Victor Oladipo fan. I've, I've always thought he's more of a limited player. It was always about projection with him, what he could be. It was always compared to Dwayne Wade. You know? um, I think he's the big winner in a dynasty sense here because we're looking at the guy who could be the centerpiece of the next Thunder team if Westbrook leaves. You know, this is this is their quote unquote franchise centerpiece. If he's gone, I mean, this roster after uh, if Westbrook leaves is basically just canner uh, as another high usage player. It'll just be Oladipo. So I think this year could be a nice year to target Victor Oladipo because I don't I, I don't see why Russell Westbrook would stay in OKC. But again, this is all conjecture. But I think his, his dynasty ra- uh, ranking is very interesting going forward. And I say that again as somebody who is not a big fan of his skill set. It's just the usage will be there.
0: No. I think, I mean, the biggest thing for me, what Old Depot needs to learn how to do is be a great shooter. I mean, especially on a team with Westbrook, that's what yep. you need to be in the future as well. Every year in the league, he's improved his three-point shooting and his long tees. Yeah. So, I think he, he, I'm looking at basketball reference right now, he got up to 44% on long twos last season. Yeah, that's which nice. Is like very nice for him.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's improved. And that was always the question about him too, because, you know, he can do everything else. I, I think he's a limited passer, but Russell Westbrook learned how to pass. You know, those are things that, that players are capable of learning. So, I think in terms of dynasty rankings, he probably could, is the biggest winner uh, from this entire scenario. Sure,
0: so before we move on to the next team, I guess we can touch, uh, OKC got Sabonis as well, probably have to wait a couple of years to see what happens with that. Um Ilyasova might have some decent minutes on that team, who knows? I it, think Pratik this- talked about him last year, he, he's a good, decent player.
2: Yeah, if he gets the minutes, he's a great offensive rebounder, which always helps his numbers, and a good three-point shooter. Right. So, I mean, a few years back he was a fantasy monster, but... Every year, I feel like in redraft leagues, he goes through stretches where he's quite productive. And they picked up his option almost right after the mm-hmm. trade, so they're obviously committed to giving him some time uh, next to either Cantor or Adams. I can see that making a lot of sense. So. Sure. And then
0: to summarize, the rest of the Warriors players leaving, Bogut got traded to the Mavs and I think the Mavs also just offered Harry the Mavs B. to Harry B.
2: Hell yeah. $94 who, million.
0: It should be very interesting. Um, we couldn't just go straight to the Mavs then. Uh I have Harrison Barnes in Dynasty, so I'm just uh, very happy about this. This is the best case scenario. Absolutely. I mean, him sitting there with uh, Carlisle as well, I think uh, he can be very interesting. I know you always harp on the fact of how big of a prospect he was coming out of high school. Maybe he can realize some of that potential we saw way back then.
2: He's. I mean, that's what he's always been. We were talking about that with Depot. It's always been projection with Harrison because you look at him, he just oozes this fantastic skill set. Because his shooting stroke is so smooth and easy, it's fun yeah. to watch. I mean, he missed like every shot he took in the finals. God, he was yeah, so yeah, bad. He was really bad. But but it it looks good. The percentages back it up. Yeah, forty percent last year, thirty eight percent from three this year. And these are wide open shots, so I could see that efficiency dropping a little bit. Sure, but. The, he's in a great situation because Rick Carlisle is a fucking wizard. You know, that's he makes players better than they actually are. What if Harrison Barnes was a top let's say 75 player next year, I think that's a win.
0: After seeing what we saw in the playoffs, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, especially exactly. we were just seeing the dollar amount of his potential contract go down each game he played. So yes, absolutely. Um, the
2: highest usage he's ever had in his career is 17%. His rookie year it's been declining mm-hmm. since then If he's around 20, 21, 25, points will be there, rebounds will be there. He's never been a great defensive numbers guy, which I think is a big problem, so Mm -hmm. it does limit his overall fantasy ceiling, but this is a guy who you could probably acquire on the cheap from a rebuilding owner, or from a... I feel like if they'd held on to him for a while, they probably
0: aren't going to give him away right after he finally gets his chance to run a team, but I have a question for you guys. Do you think, I mean, is it hands down they run him at small forward?
2: Yeah, it has to be.
1: Has I think to be. so. I think yeah,
2: Dirk Bogut, Barnes.
0: You yeah,
1: know. and I would say to your point, if I was a Harrison Barnes owner and he just got this contract, I would be looking to trade him. That would That's how low point. you are on him. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. If I had held on held on to him for this long by some by some miracle, then this is the point where I would trade him because I don't believe he's really going to excel in this opportunity. It's a new it's a new role for him. Obviously, there aren't many players who come to mind. As guys who have gone from role player, you know, sit on the wing and, and shoot the ball when you're open, to primary playmaker and succeeded, there's it's probably a short list. So take some time if you can think of if you can think of one, I'd, l- I'd love to hear it. I'll just say this: Rick
2: Carlisle's done this before. He turned Monte Ellis into a pretty good fantasy player. Rick Carlisle just puts players in positions to succeed. That's what great coaches do, right? They minimize weaknesses. It doesn't it mean makes, it's going to happen. It doesn't. But if there's there's only three or four coaches you'd like to take the odds on that they could do it. And again, you're right. It's all projection with him. If he gets off to a hot start and you can sell him for a pretty high price, yeah. no argument. Sure. I don't think Harrison Barnes is some fantasy superstar in the making. And again, this is from somebody who's been basically stalking this guy since he was a senior in high school. So yeah. I've been a big fan since day one. Well,
1: part of the value in him is his percentages have been good with the Warriors, his shooting percentage. And he has next to no turnovers, 0.9 turnovers per game the last two years. So I don't know. Obviously, they're going to go up. They could easily go up to two, two and a half per game, and They'd the percentages could drop from, you know, 48, 47 down to 40, 41 potentially. Yeah, you're, wrong, you're wrong. I, That That's a precipitous drop, but it's still very feasible. I, I think if you're a
2: Harrison <laughs> Barn ro- owner, it's worth waiting to see what they do. like, Because, like, Rick Harlow, he just does this. I agree. I, th-
0: I, I think you trust him and see what can happen, at least for the first couple of months. Too late. to make a decision by then. It might
2: be too late. Too late. It might be it's a it's a gamble. That's, yeah. and that's an yeah. excellent counterpoint that you did provide. Like this might be a peak of his value. It uh, could be because, very it's, well. a, because yeah. it's a question mark going forward. That's a very fair point. Yeah.
0: So I don't know if we need to touch on Bogan. I mean, he's going to give you what he gives you, a few rebounds, a few blocks. And he'll
2: miss games like he always does. If so, he it, if
0: nothing, nothing important there. But moving on to the uh, Chicago Bulls, who have had a very interesting offseason. We, we're
1: not going to talk about the Thunder's trade with the Magic.
0: We touched on it, Ibaka. I guess we didn't yeah, hit a, we didn't Ibaka. Really okay. yeah, I you want to go on the Magic well, side? Yeah,
1: my question is, what the hell are the Magic doing? When
0: that's, that's, a great, that's a great point. So obviously, uh, on the other side of that old depot trade, the Magic got Ibaka from them. They have since signed Bismack Biambo and Jeff Green. Uh, of course, they're adding them to uh, Vucevic and Aaron yeah, Gordon, Vucevic. who's supposed to be their prized I think,
1: possession. I think Vucevic and Aaron Gordon are still alive. <laughs> so
0: I'm really not sure what's happening there. Not at
1: all. I don't think yeah. anybody
2: is. I uh, think the entire consensus among most of the NBA, quote-unquote, Twitterati. That's us. Everyone, yeah, 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 sure, sure. <laughs> uh, is that it's confusing. Where are these minutes going to go? They're talking about playing Gordon at three. I um, just don't see how that can work. People say, I mean, I'm, yeah. again, I'm just quoting the report that the Orlando... A uh, Sentinel guy put out the beat writer. There, that's their plan right now. And they, I mean, at this point, when you have all these guys, you got to throw that out. You know, you have you have to trot out Aaron Gordon because he's immensely talented. We've been touting his name on this podcast for, since we started as a potential fantasy superstar when he puts if he could put it all together. Uh, the real winner is Ibaka. I think I don't think you trade for somebody like that and not give him close to thirty plus minutes a game guaranteed, which yeah. became inconsistent in OKC because of the development of Adams who has turned into an elite defensive player, and Cantor as well, who they signed to that max, and they were really great against the Spurs in that playoffs with that dual center lineup. So Ibaka had lost minutes here in Ma- here in Orlando, and I'm actually working on a piece about Ibaka. Here in Orlando, we might see Serge Ibaka again, that we haven't seen in two or three years. Yeah. and That's really exciting to me, because he was a top 10 player three years ago. He's a number nine player overall, and if his block numbers come back up and his field goal efficiency rises, they ask him to do the things he's good at rather than marginalizing him to the three-point line uh, as the Thunder did. We could be looking at uh, another huge riser in these
1: uh, rankings. Well, I think that's going to be hard to see him go back to that form from you know two or three years <laughs> ago unless they, they make a move to get rid of Vucevic. Because there's too many minutes between Vucevic and Biombo for him to be down there getting all the blocks that he needs to get top-ten value. So, I mean, I've seen rumors... Nothing firm as far as where he could be going, but the Vucevic is the, the odd man out here. He and has he's got to gotta go he, he doesn't to. fit. And I buy into it because you can't run an NBA team with, with five guys who are four or fives and then two guards, which is basically what they have. Right. You yeah. know
0: what would be really cool? If there was a smart fantasy basketball writer that could revisit a potential article they wrote before. Yeah, I, mean, I mentioned
1: that. I'm, we're we're we're, we're, work, I'm working
2: know. on it. because, <laughs> could that be? Like I said, I, I actually disagree on that point, though, in terms of... Ibaka and Vucevic are the ideal fit. You have a center that can't protect the rim, and a power forward that is, or was, one of the best rim protectors in the league. Um, They're great together. It's just, it got really muddled. I like the Bianbo signing just shocked me, uh, because him and Ibaka have, you know, very similar skill sets defensively. So I think all
0: of them either get 20 minutes a game, or at least one of these players doesn't play. I, I, I really don't I mean There has to be a trick That's the only right. explanation This sucks it for Aaron to Gordon trip.
2: too Who uh, You know We're all big fans of We thought Potential fantasy superstar Down the line mm-hmm. I don't know what his role is Right now
0: um, No it's, it's, it's a little nerve wracking If you are the owner Of, of Gordon Yeah For sure um,
2: Okay Touched on
0: your boy Thank uh, you No problem So yeah Let's hop on to the Bulls Who had an interesting Off season I mean obviously They traded Rose away no, and Powell left, um, they signed Rondo as well, which was a very... Three-point shooting Rondo. <laughs> so, a very interesting statistic. Go ahead.
2: Oh,
1: I'm supposed to have
2: statistics. He shot 36.5. Yeah, 36.5. three for the Kings this year. Better than LeBron James. Better than LeBron James. Those are facts. So At
0: least they're getting three-point shooting, Rondo. They also drafted uh, Pratik's favorite rookie.
2: Denzel Valentine. I'm a big Um, fan of his. Um, I'm not really sure what the Bulls are doing. They have a good track record as a front office. Uh, It's confusing because I thought the reason they got rid of Rose when they made that trade was to make Jimmy Butler the centerpiece of the team... As he's talked about before, I remember last year, he said in the off-season I'm a point guard, which was such an odd thing to say. He says a lot of odd things. He does say, he's a weird guy. Uh, I think yeah. he's gotten better
0: about it. Uh, I think it was, I saw an interview with Colin Coward. And uh, he was trying to like bait him into saying like he's happy Rose is gone and he wouldn't, which means he must be growing up a little bit. Or he just
2: has better management. I mean, those are two different <laughs> things. And also, either way, that's good the, for him. The Colin cowher takes are probably too hot to handle, so we should uh, <laughs> let that go. But I, I don't. Again, it's the same issue. I don't. I don't understand why you bring in another ball dominant player. I feel like Butler. Uh, should be the main focus of the team. They should have done what the Rockets did, is even if you bring in a player who plays the same position as your best player, at least he fits with him, as the Rockets did with Eric Gordon. So, I, I again, it's confusing. I don't understand what Rondo's value is. It's a two-year deal, I believe, off the top of my head. Because um, Rondo had a great mm-hmm. fantasy season this year. He was an insanely productive player. I think he led the league in assists. So, it's, it's, right. it's, it's just, again, it's, yeah. it's, it's confusing as the magic was. It's just a bad fit for me. And I think Butler loses value.
0: I mean, the, everywhere Rondo's been, he has not, not been in control of the ball. It's always in his hands the entire time. He's just roving around the court waiting for slide openings so he can dish and get his stats. I, I think that's, that's his game.
2: Well, usage rate is a complicated statistic. But in that sense, Rondo's never been an insane usage Drake player. Yeah, but the, 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 I was going to
0: bring that up with right. Draymond. I mean, hockey pass or hockey assists are not my Right, he, there, but so. he needs the ball in his hands. Agreed. And, yes.
2: And so does Butler. And Butler's not the kind of elite shooter either where he can just spot up off of him. Exactly. He, Butler needs the ability to attack, be aggressive. That's his nature. And then it sucks for Denzel Valentine because when they drafted him, I was pretty hyped because I think his skill set is fantastic in the league. He can pass. He can rebound. Really they like the were, they were talking anymore. about putting him at point guard for stretches of the game. I, right? I think they still will. Yeah, I think he'll be the so point will.
1: guard off the bench. Yeah, but I mean Rondo, it's not a great fit. But like we said, I, Rondo's transitioning a little bit. Uh, I know he led the league in assists, and he's still ball dominant, but he can't spot up and shoot. So I, he's not the ideal fit across the board. I just want to see that. I don't more think than it's that stupid.
2: One any more? Yeah, I agree. Any more than one year of him shooting? Not to, not to mention his
0: defense that we saw in Boston is like completely gone. He's like, Agreed. He's a negative overall defender right now.
1: I mean, I, I really don't know what they're doing. Well, someone had to end up with Rajon Rondo, and we were going to ask, what what are they doing? Dude? Right, so that's, true. so that's a good yeah,
2: point. Yeah. He's a bad fit with a lot of people here, percent yeah. correct? Yeah, you have
0: to build your team around him. But then, yeah. uh, to finish up on that, I mean, they got Robin Lopez from the Knicks. That's not going to change any, anything. He's uh, a productive probably. player.
2: When he plays, he's productive. He'll and be a
0: top 100 player for the next three years. Right, right. Um, so, moving on to the Knicks side of that, obviously, they get a hopefully healthy Rose, um, Jakeem Noah... Brandon Jennings, Courtney Lee, I mean, if this was 2010, these guys are very, very good. (laughs) Yeah, we got Phil Jackson and everything, Yeah. Uh, Anything to touch on there? I mean, I think we all know what
2: Rose can be, whether he's ever that again. There's no way you could say that with any confidence. Uh, The real loser here for me is Kristaps. We were hoping that he would come into a higher number of shots become the center point of the future, this stretch five monster, and instead, now he's playing power forward again, because, I mean, and Noah's, we don't even know what a joke Noah is anymore, I can see him providing some nice value, but his injury history scares the hell out of me, sure. so again, the the real loser for me here is Christophs, which sucks, because he's fun to watch, and he was a fantastic fantasy <clears throat> asset, it's it looking right like, him. right, and it's just, now it's a big question mark going forward how long it takes before we see that superstar level production that we were hoping for.
1: Right. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to take a couple of years for Kripsops um, now. Um, yeah, I, with... Oh, go ahead. I don't to want to do throw you on you the
0: spot here, but I remember you had Kripsops the highest when we did our Dynasty rankings. Yeah, I had him number 11. 11. Where would you put him if you had to guess? Give me a, a range. Keep oh, in okay. mind,
2: Derrick Rose is a free agent after this year. Sure. Uh, I believe no Noah's on a four-year yeah. deal now, yeah. which isn't yeah. ideal, but yeah. there might be a, an entire section of Rose's shot, like Rose's shots might go away after the season. Sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think Kripsovs he, he definitely has to drop. I think he'd still be top 25. He couldn't go lower than that for me, because yeah, I still see the potential there as a top five player. And we I need think and to see that. how this works
2: out, too. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. We have a new coach in Jeff Hornacek, who I am a big fan of personally, but... You've met him? <laughs> Yeah, he's, like, a super great guy. Uh, but, you know, but we've seen him make players the fantasy studs. You know, Bledsoe, he's a run-and-gun kind of guy, so there should be <coughs> possessions and shots to go around. That's sure. what he wants to do. And and now they're not stuck to that triangle system. Mm-hmm. I think, like, they were pretty clear about that in the press conference. I think that was
0: always a little overblown, though. I mean, I've, I've read, I think Zach Lowe's even written about it a lot. All teams run some kind of Principles form of the triangle. Agree, yeah. but like
2: I think when Derek, uh, Phil Jackson hired Derek Fisher and then he replaced was... him with Kurt Rambis, his idea was we're going to run the triangle. Yeah. And then the, one of the reasons apparently Derek Fisher was fired is because he gave up on the triangle too quickly at the end of games. He let the players run pick and roll, which is where uh, Jerry and Grant had some of his brighter moments as a rookie when at you know so. I think like it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Knicks. We just don't know, but Kristaps has to take a hit. I don't know right. if it's as hard as you say, but yeah. he has to. Take a
1: hit. <clears throat> Derek Fisher got fired because he fucked Matt Barnes' wife. Uh, <laughs> <That> language. <laughs> <laughs> just just had to clarify that real sorry, quick. Sorry. Uh, I'm pretty optimistic for this Knicks team. Like a lot of people are down on it and saying, you know, the the uh, Noah signing. I don't understand. I can't get behind that. But Rose, I'm not as down on. Uh, I. I'm eternally hopeful for Rose. I think when we started our Dynasty League, he was my first pick, which was obviously a disastrous <laughs> pick. It was coming off his MVP season. I I still believe deep down that, not that MVP is there, but the second half of last year, he played really well. I think he shot around like 45% or something like that. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But, I, I but he's he an
2: efficient player. But I don't think there's a fantasy superstar or a fantasy, an insanely, like, if he's a top 15 point guard next year, that's... A win, and so what's the ceiling on that, right? I don't think he's a top ten point guard next year.
0: I think he could be.
2: I mean, if he comes back healthy, healthy Rose, why can't he? Because he wasn't able to do it with another high usage player in Butler. Uh, I mean, he missed a lot of games this year, so that's like a qualifier. But like, but the guys he's
1: playing with now aren't ball dominant. Butler's ball ball dominant. No, he's a shooter. It's different. The offense is still going to run through Rose. You are painting over a lot of yeah, a Carmelo way, He's post, uh, yeah, a okay. ball stopper. Yeah, <laughs> he's a ball stopper, but someone's got to give him the ball.
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess. Right. So, so basically, we're just hoping the Knicks scorer is quite generous with
1: his assists. And you know. Mello shoots super fast. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. There you
2: go. Okay, well, one one side
0: note I just want to mention uh, you brought up Jaren Grant. I was actually very excited for him before this Rondo signing. I mean, I think he goes back to not quite worthless in a dynasty league, but...
2: I mean, in a deeper league, you if you're 16-plus, uh, he's probably worth holding on to a speculation. Sure. But it, it was always a bit of a question mark with him. I had him. I had traded him to you. Uh, that's why he's I'm an asking. old. Yeah, he's an older <laughs> rookie. We forget that. He's already 24, yeah, so he's a four-year college player. Um, he had just flashes. That's what it was. We didn't see anything consistent. His jump shot is far from... Uh, anything reasonable mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. rely on. So, I think at this point, you're right. After the Rondo signing, unfortunately for him, uh, he's a bit of a punt in yeah. Um
0: And then, I don't think we need to hit on Brandon Jennings, who... May have some decent value if he turns out to be healthy and Rose is unhealthy, but can't hope for that. He's a handcuff. Yeah, and Courtney Lee might have some decent value. I mean, I think it's not crazy to say he'll have top 100, top 120 value just from popping threes from all these guys.
1: Yeah, I love Courtney Lee, and it's not because uh, my biggest crush in... Junior high, her name was Courtney. So uh, it's a different reason. Shout out to that Courtney. Yeah, uh, I hope she's doing all right. <laughs> we'll post this on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 that's not necessary. That's not necessary. Uh, but yeah, Courtney Lee, I, I think he's really underrated. He's above average defensive player. Top 100 player this past season. Top 100 in fantasy. He yeah. uh, obviously, he's dependent on minutes, but I think he's going to get plenty of opportunities. should be a starting shooting guard there. So he should not be overlooked in any well, retirement. And, and I believe a flaw left. Aflala's gone. the has yeah. gone. So that again, he's the it's main his shooting
2: guard on the roster, so yep. the shooting match. I don't think Sasha Sasha Vujicic is uh, breaking down the gates to steal a job from him. I wish he <laughs> was.
1: I, w- I really as much Sasha, I can't get enough of him, but uh,
0: okay. So enough about the Knicks. Uh, let's move on to yeah. our hometown Rockets, um, who pretty much struck out in free agency. But I think we kind of picked
1: ourselves up yeah. to a B-minus offseason. It's like we struck out, but then the catcher dropped the ball, so he got to run first. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Yeah. Yeah. Did we yeah. still get called out at first? Or no, were we no, safe? no, we were safe. We're safe. Well, it
2: doesn't count as a hit, but we're safe. We'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. We're, on, we're on base. Okay. We're on base. So obviously we lost Dwight. Keep an eye out for six-man Dynasty baseball. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so obviously be, we lost... That would we be, 20, 20, be
1: 26-man Dynasty. Yeah, Yo, there you go. 26-man Dynasty. So we
0: lost Dwight, I think... That was pretty much known throughout the season as we kept hearing reports of him and Harden clashing, even him and Uh um, He's a good
1: guy off the court, you know, good guy, real good guy, that smile.
0: But I think I think it's going to be good for us. I think I mean we've we've had this young center in Capella. Um, it looks like he's going to be starting right now. Should be very exciting given him twenty five. Should be a walking double
2: double. I mean, just coming out of the gate as a starter on a team that should be pick and roll heavy. He's proven to be an above average. Pick and roll big man. Yep. Uh, He has that skill set. Absolutely. Dive down the middle. These are, you know, D'Antoni principles uh, with a pretty good pick and roll ball player in Harden. So he's a walking double-double. He's, you know, a a very interesting fantasy. And an elite shot blocker as well. An elite shot blocker, exactly.
1: He should average close to two blocks a game Is uh, just based on kind of permanent projections. I mean, he should be around two.
2: Per 36 from last year was 13.3, 12.1 rebounds, and 2.3 blocks. Uh, The free throw shooting will kill you. Yeah, that's the
0: biggest issue you have to... Consider if you if you're getting this guy, but other than that, I think you can pencil in at least a top eighty finish from him sure. this next season. With, I mean, what is he twenty two? Tops, yeah. Yeah. So he's got he's got a lot of room to grow here. Um, and then obviously we our two free agent signings were Ryan Anderson and Eric G- Gordon, who can both nail the three. I'm actually super excited for Ryan Anderson. I feel like power forward's been a problem for us for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And we finally, obviously he's shit on defense, but he is a fucking playmaker.
1: So is the rest of the team. The thing I love about both these guys, it just, it gives the Rockets an identity. (laughs) Even if it's not a good one. We are Mike D'Antoni through and through. We're going to run down and shoot threes and play no defense. And the roster finally... Fits that. Fits that. So I can't really argue, uh, I can't be upset with these because it it gives D'Antoni the... The opportunity that he needs To to run his system Anderson has He's killed us for years Dude Whenever we play against him He's Not only lights out shooting He's also a really good Offensive rebounder Great offensive rebounder Yeah uh, he gets a lot of putbacks. So I think that's going to help a lot with the obviously with Dwight leaving our rebounding hurts. But Anderson is he's underrated as a rebounder.
2: So in Dwight in the 2009 2010 season when uh, Anderson was in, uh, in Orlando playing next to a younger Dwight, he was at two rebounds, two offensive rebounds a game, and the next year he went up to 3.7. Uh, he's dropped down back since then at two last year, but I don't see any reason he can't get up close to three offense rebounds a game. And he has a nice in-between game. I think he's going like, to... It's
0: he- beautiful. He- that one-legged fadeaway... Looks almost as nice as it does when Dirk takes. I
2: don't think it he goes in as often as Dirk's does, but yeah. he yeah. has—he's not just a one-dimensional
1: shooter. He can do a lot. He's you know?
0: actually in the top ten in terms of long twos percentage. Wow,
1: I mean, he's yeah. a lead shooter.
2: There's no yeah. argument there. But
1: so okay, from a fantasy perspective, with Anderson and Gordon, they're going to this D'Antoni system. You guys both agree that their value is going up as opposed to where it was. The main concern, I think, with each of these guys has been, yes, they can nail threes, but they can also be nailed to the bench when they are injured, which happens frequently for both of them. Injured? Uh, I think think the
0: one good thing is, when they're on their other teams, they had one additional worry, which was defense. I think now we won't care about that, so the only worry is injuries. I think both of their values go up. Obviously, drafting either of them, you're taking a pretty big injury risk uh, to have either of them on your team, but... They yeah. will reign threes <laughs> down if they are healthy. Eric Gordon
2: was a top-ten player at the shooting guard position last year in threes on the fantasy player radar. Uh, he's money from there. He's a 40% shooter, I think, this last season. He should get open looks. You know, yeah, so. I can't imagine that goes down at all. Right, right. But I don't think we're going to see a resurgence of Eric Gordon's career. Sure. I well...
1: Right. I- uh, I have another question about Eric Gordon. How do you see us using him? Because we've got Harden locked a shooting a guard. Beverly's a point guard. He doesn't fit. I think he'll be the one of sixth those. man off
2: the bench. Uh, he'll be the first man off the bench because it's only a fifty more four million dollar deal. <laughs> we say that in the relative sense of the new cap and. Uh, he'll play with Harden a lot, I think, and one of them will guard point guards or small forwards. I mean, I think or neither only, one of them you know, can
1: guard anybody.
2: Sure, I mean, we. I think we're just gonna, leave Gordon on offense. We're we'll gonna cherry pick every time. <laughs> we're gonna see a lot of weird hybrid lineups. We've seen sure. Ariza play the four mm-hmm. for the Rockets over the last season and a half, so I can see them playing him with Capella, Gordon, Harden, Bev. That's a nice lineup. A def- yep. their defensive lineup.
0: At I think point, we could you know? see some some s- Anderson at center as well. If we're if we're not going crazy with defense, which clearly we're not. I mean, he's been playing twenty percent of his minutes of his career at center. I mean, throw him out
2: there, you know, we'll get killed on the. I think Demol if he comes back will be the yeah. backup. But regardless, you know, uh, Anderson is a big winner here for me. He's he's going to be very productive this coming season as sure. long as he's healthy.
0: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. So moving on to the team that uh, that backstabber Dwight went to, uh, the Atlanta Hawks, who lost Al Horford. He's not a backstabber. I mean, he went he He's a great guy. He, he, it's he, it's he went home. Day. He went home. I'm not upset, but fuck him. Um, <laughs> so they last essentially traded out Al Horford for Dwight. Um, we saw them ship Teague to the Pacers for the 13th pick, I think. Uh, and they drafted Torian Prince with him mm-hmm. with that pick. And. I think the biggest thing we see from these guys is Dennis Schroeder is now a top ten point He's guard. He's the
1: man. I wouldn't be don't know so
0: confident top 10. on that. Yeah. Okay, I mean, okay. Jeff
2: Teague's a pretty good player, and we saw him, uh, you know, have a great season the year before and take a step back. Uh, Schroeder's really fun to watch. He's really talented. Um, I, I just, I, if for, for me, I think
0: Teague is a better NBA point guard, especially at this steps in their or this stage in their career. I think Schroeder just has the potential to just. Completely fill up the box score. And that's what might make him a better overall fantasy asset than Jeff T. Yeah,
2: he's obviously the big winner. Anytime you inherit a starting role, um, I I wouldn't throw top 10 out there right away. But I think he has a decent chance at it. I don't think he's a lock for it by any means, though.
1: Yeah, he's got got pros and cons to him, uh, as any player. But last year, per 36, we're talking about Schroeder here, 19.5 points, 7.8 assists. And 1.6 steals. So those those are very mm-hmm. impressive numbers. What we'll come alongs with that is 4.1 turnovers and 42% shooting, which probably gonna go down, and turnovers <laughs> may go up as and, well. Yep.
2: His points per possession, the pick and roll, was 0.78, which isn't great. Um, it's it's not terrible, but it doesn't make make him like an elite pick and all operator. I think he's also a young point guard and he has a lot to figure out about timing and you know, because from what I've seen of him, he's always in a headlong rush. Yeah, I mean when he came over he
0: was extremely raw, you still see signs of that when you watch him. And he'll
2: grow into that, I think, uh, but it shows a lot that the Hawks franchise believes in him Mm -hmm. to say that, you know, you are the guy going forward, trading Jeff Teague, who was a quality NBA player, and throwing the mantle completely on Schroeder's shoulders. Yeah, I mean,
1: he probably has at least a two-year window here where he's kind of guaranteed the starting point guard job for the Hawks. So, um, with that in mind, let me ask you guys, what point guard would you be willing to give up to get Dennis Schroeder on your team? Let's say Michael Carter-Williams. Are you okay trading him? Absolutely. Absolutely? Absolutely. I agree with that. Okay. So...
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up our old rankings and just kind of go down the list. Let's start around 30. Bledsoe, probably want Bledsoe. Yes. Okay, let's go with uh, Reggie Jackson. That's an interesting one. You want yeah, Reggie? I, I
1: think that's a good comparison. Um, if I could trade Reggie for right right
2: Schroeder and something else, I'd do that deal. Straight up, so what straight do you think?
1: Up. Reggie or Schroeder, who do you want? I don't think I can right now. I have, Re- I have Reggie, and I think I would take Schroeder. Wow. Reggie doesn't shoot threes and he doesn't steal the ball. Okay, so what about those what things. about
0: Jeff Teague on the Pacers?
1: Yeah, I would do that.
0: You prefer Schroeder? I, would, I think I would. that's close to the top
2: ten. Then I would mean, you, so I think we agree. Would you he's Trade right Rondo or. for Schroeder. I'll take Schroeder. Yeah, okay, yeah. all right. So, so yeah. I think
0: we're in agreement where his value is. He should be around top sixty this year potential for more, the yeah. Lines. The ceiling's always good. And I think it's important to realize he was one of the best players on the Hawks in the playoffs. I, I, I had the stats up. Per 36, it's 10 games, obviously. But still, 22 points, 7 assists. Again, I'm not going to comment on the mm-hmm. field goal percentage of turnovers, but anyways. Trying to he, make a point. I <laughs> He's <down. He> <laughs> uh,
2: the other factor in this you know, whole situation is Dwight, um, who has been a frustrating dynasty asset the last two years. It's sad because, I mean, we're talking about when he was at his peak, it looked like we were talking about one of the greatest centers ever. And he's been on a decline. I think there's some reason to have hope, though. So I have a couple stats here for you. Dwight on the pick and roll points per possession last year was 1.10, which was the exact same as Andre Drummond, who I think everybody considers this perfect pick and roll dive player. And the Hawks ran the fifth most possessions in the league with a big man as a roll man. So there's going to be opportunities here for him because they have a floor spacer, next to him and Paul Millsap. They have shooting at the uh, wing positions in Bazemore and Corver So I think Dwight's going to have a nice opportunity to create some synergy with Schroeder. And we could see a big bounce back, a huge bounce back. He could be a really, if you're in a win-now position, Dwight could be an asset that you could potentially get for way cheaper than what his actual value will end up being next season. He might not be worth it in two years from now, as his back goes, but if you're in win-now, I think you go get Dwight. I agree. I'm,
0: the one thing that would make me nervous about that is we're one of the you know higher analytic teams, as in when I say we, the Rockets. The Hawks are as well. I'm a little worried Dwight goes there. I mean, they won't post him up. He doesn't get enough ISO situations. He gets upset. If he plays how we tried convincing him how to play, I think he's going to be golden over there. I don't know if we can expect that.
2: Yeah, that might be a tall order, but I just think... The opportunity here because his backup is Tiago Splitter. It's not like he's going to be stealing minutes no, from absolutely. him. I mean, and I think I always found this in all fan- across all fantasy sports is that whenever you have great players and they're on a decline, one year they always just bounce back and just show like I'm, I was great and they have a great last season. I feel like it just mm-hmm. happens all the time, you know. David I mean, Ortiz, Al- David Ortiz, Albert Pujols did it a couple of years ago. You think like they're over, and then all of a sudden. Hey, I'm are, still here. Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, I was great, and I can be great again. It's in. It's. I think it's in him. And I think if you're in a win-now position, he could be acquired at a very
1: reasonable price. I, I agree with your point about the comeback for players. So that begs the question: Do you see a comeback for OJ Mayo? Do you see a bounce back? He has to come back.
2: My boy OJ, (laughs) he's just a young man who made a mistake (laughs) and cost himself probably like $30 million. Can a young man get a second chance or
1: a third chance? Poor OJ.
2: I believe in the comeback. He's shown himself to be... No way, he's completely mediocre. I forgot. That's right. Okay. So he's done.
0: Okay. So let's move on to the uh, team that Al Horford signed with. That's the Boston Celtics. Um, they had a very fun offseason, or I guess what had the potential to be very fun. Right before the draft, they had four first-round picks, several seconds. Yeah. We were hearing a lot of crazy rumors who they were about to trade for. Then of course, they just draft Jalen Brown. They keep him. They keep all the draft picks.
2: But at least they signed Al Horford. first free big free agent in NBA history to sign with the Celtics. They've never been a free agent destination before. Yeah. I love it for Horford. I don't think his, I mean, he's a top 10 player this past season. I I think nothing changes for him. That's what he is. He's one of the best uh, pick and roll big men in the league. Celtics were top 10 in pick and roll bigs. So, pick and roll for their bigs. So, for me, it's straight up value. You're happy if you're now Horford owner.
1: Yeah, I I don't think Horford, you know, there's really not much impact there to Horford. Um, Certainly helps the Celtics a lot. Yeah, I
0: think, I mean, that was their one worry, right? And they had six big guys who could do one of each thing now they have one that can do everything
1: right and they still basically have all those other guys (laughs) too so Uh, but the surprise to me was them taking Jalen Brown because all the reports that I've read about Jalen and kind of what I've seen myself is that he's not quite NBA ready he's a a freak athlete with a lot of potential but he's not ready to understand he doesn't understand NBA kind of level offense or defense he's more of just is kind of, he's kind of the wild card out there running around. Um, so I thought they would go with a player who's a little more ready to contribute, whether that was a Buddy Heald or a Jamal Murray, guys whose offensive game is a little more refined. And now they have Jalen Brown. So um, I don't know. That's not what I was expecting from them. Just, I thought they were looking to compete you know, this year right now, especially with getting on more, They're doing so. fine. Yeah.
2: They're the tied for the fourth best favorites to win the title by Vegas right now. I mean, they're not in a bad position. I think,
0: Vegas. I mean, everything you said about Jalen is true, but with one addition, he has an NBA-ready body, and, like, he will day one be an above-average defender with hopes to be elite in the future. If you can imagine there's, that
1: there's no guarantee to that. Yeah, no, absolutely not. That. But
0: there's a decent guarantee he's gonna be an above average. What defender. is a he's decent been guarantee. An, there's no guarantee. He's been in well, okay. I mean, Ben Simmons might be out of the league in three years, but that's not very probable. Can you guarantee
2: that? I, think, I think that no. underrates no. how difficult an NBA level defense is with terms yeah. of Yes, I
0: think so, but I think we can also trust years of scouts looking at players and projecting what they will be. He's projected I, to be I'll just say this he's projected to be a good defender. Okay. For, running, running Bradley, smart, him, Crowder, and Horford, assuming he develops, will be a very scary defensive line.
1: Yeah, but then you have Brown and Smart both out there. Okay, you're good defensively. What are you doing on offense? And, and
0: that's that's interesting. Maybe they decide at that point whether Smart develops at all. I mean, we've been waiting a couple years. We I mean, haven't seen him develop on offense yet, but he showed some skills that back in college as well. So
2: The Celtics have a lot of moves left to make. They have another top unprotected pick from Brooklyn next season and Brooklyn just traded away their second-best player uh, Mm -hmm. And brought in the legend that is Jeremy Lin Uh, But I think Brown's an asset to the Celtics I don't think I think this was a two-player draft once the Celtics got the third pick in a big-picture sense It didn't really matter who they took because it's just an asset, right? Yeah, Uh, so you think they were planning to make a deal? That's what their plan was. I think and nothing came together to Danny Inge's liking. Well, I think Inge was just plan. trying to
0: trade-rate people. I think he kind of fucked up. It sounded, I mean, we don't know what actually was said or what was offered, but it sounded like he had some decent offers from the Sixers, but,
2: but I mean, guess. he had a decent offer. I mean, again, we're not here to get the Jalen's sure, heads. absolutely. What Jalen Brown, well, I think, is for the Celtics is he's an asset. And, and they're collecting assets. They're still. collecting yeah. assets,
1: this is my, my favorite conspiracy theory going right now, which I'm, I'm looking to my crystal ball. I see the future. Russell Westbrook, he's going to leave. He's going to leave OKC. Trade deadline comes around. Isaiah Thomas and Jalen Brown for Russell Westbrook. I say no from the Thunder. If, if you're going to you lose, go, him. He's walking, you're going
2: to lose. You him. say no. I think you could get more from somebody else you should be able to. Well, there's okay. a package out there Celtics... what if you
0: throw in the Nets pick on that yeah then, throw in the
2: pick then I'd probably do that so I think
0: the point is they, they have
1: assets there to make that happen but that's, least, that's the, what he is the ends. Westbrook to Celtics I see it I can see it in the future I will write down it's
0: July 4th 2016 we'll, yeah. we'll check back on right. this in uh, Feb 2017
1: put my name on it put <laughs> some respect on my name <laughs> okay
0: cool then uh, you mentioned Jeremy Lin so let's move on to the New Jersey Nets uh They've had a very lackluster offseason. Spent a lot on two. The guys. New Jersey Nets? Oh, excuse me, Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I, was, I had to look through my list of teams. Like, hold on, <laughs> guys, guys, please excuse me. I was hit by a car last
1: week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> still concussed. Uh, We're taking applicants for a new host. They uh, scream. <laughs> um, so the Brooklyn Nets.
0: Uh, obviously, they got Jeremy Lin. Um, they traded away Thad Young for the twenty-something pick, twentieth. 20th, they drafted uh, LeVere from Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. It could be very interesting. Um, and they also signed Tyler Johnson to do a gigantic contract. I think the Heat still have a couple of days to match. Um, mm, I think he's gone. But is Lin a top 80 player
2: now? <laughs> Probably. That I team. mean, if, if the ball's in his hands, he gets a little whole time. rim uh, an insane amount. Uh, I'm happy for Jeremy Lin because he's taken a lot of grief. As an NBA player, unfairly, I think uh, expectations probably too high after insanity, the in blackout madness that was Linsanity, which was so much fun. Uh, real winner again is Brook Lopez. He's a top twenty-four player this year. He's done back-to-back top thirty seasons. More shots for him. I think every possession he's on the floor, he's got to get the ball. Uh, he should. We're looking at, mm-hmm. you know, another monster fantasy season. And hopefully, it looks like his foot troubles are behind him. It's been almost two years now, so hopefully we're past that. And yeah, Lynn and Brooke Lopez pick and roll. You know, I'm loving it. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not buying Lynn as a top 80 player. Um, certainly, I, I agree with your point that there's been way too much shade thrown on Jeremy Lynn, but I'm not buying it as a top 80. He's just The efficiency is not there, both from a field goal and turnover perspective, and he doesn't do much in the way... Um, Well, last year, he per 36, he averaged 16 points and 4.1 assists. I certainly think the assists will go up when he's leading the pick and roll, as opposed to what he was doing in Charlotte as more of the six-man scorer, but I don't see him as a top 80 player, maybe top, top 120, top 150. Certainly, you're elated if you have Lynn. Uh, with this news, or if he's available as a as a free agent for whatever reason, go get him. Um, but he's not a guy I'd be trying to move heaven and earth to I'll, to go get. I'll
2: just throw this out there that next season the Lin uh, with a usage rate of 28.1, which he could get close to that again. I don't see why he wouldn't. He'll have the ball in his he hands Who else is gonna time. take the ball? Right. His per thirty six was nineteen point six, eight point three, and two point one steals. That's very nice. Um, I don't think he'll reach those heights because you know. Again, I don't. I still don't understand what insanity was. It was amazing, but beyond science. That's a, a pretty good player. If he's around seventeen points, seven assists, and that's a steal, really a, top 50 a steal play. and a half a game, which I think he's capable of doing. This is the player the Rockets signed. I mean, before we traded for James Harden, mm. Daryl Morey understood that what Jeremy Lynn is is an a well-above-average pick-and-roll ball handler who gets to the rim, makes free throws, scores relatively efficiently overall. It's, I'm sure his true shooting shooting percentages are pretty nice. So I, I, think, I don't think there's any reason that we're not looking at a very productive fantasy player right away. And this is a three-year deal with a team that has nothing to play for until 2018. When that should have things to suck for, when they had the draft pick back. But so Jeremy Lin, I mean... I, I don't see why he can't be a top eighty player. That, I love it. That's I a nice it. floor. That's completely reasonable. I think. I think
0: if they get Tyler Johnson as well, I think he's immediately fantasy relevant as well. Right. I mean, he's going to be starting right next to him. He showed some nice things uh, down in Miami as well. Who I'm very excited for, and maybe that has more to do with the that, that trade is just uh, ronde Hollis Jefferson. Yeah. I think he. I think immediately next year we can expect close to six rebounds and one and a half steals. Easy. Easy. Minimum on I, both of those. And yeah. you still get the projection of maybe he develops a little bit of offense in the next that's, season. That's a big projection for sure, him. Sure. But maybe we'll be, he does.
2: And I think we'll see some fun stat lines uh, from him next year. Five steals. Those, those five by five five fives. Yeah. Which sure. I think he has a versatile skill set to do. He was a fantasy defensive stats monster for the time that he was healthy. So it'll be exciting for him as well. There's fantasy value to be had there for sure.
0: Definitely. Okay. okay. Well, I think that wraps it up for this uh, episode. So uh, thank you guys for joining me on this podcast. And oh, thanks
2: for having us. Yeah, pleasure. Absolutely. And
0: uh, you guys know you can hit us up on uh, on Twitter at sixthmandynasty.com. That's six, the number dot THmandynasty.com. And uh, yeah, hopefully we get some more written content out. Pratik's hitting up in a Bach article. Palmer's doing some shit over there. So, uh, <laughs> I uh, mean the hot
1: dogs <laughs> are shooting out fireworks, man. It's fourth of July. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So let's get out of here, check the stats for Ben Simmons, and uh, we will catch you guys on the flippity flip.
1: See ya. Uh, Alrighty.